So this bully of lack, right? This, this fear of lack. We hear so much talk of inflation and what's going to happen with the economy. And, you know, it's going to get interesting over the next year as, um, I don't know if you know, but there's going to be an election and, and those can usually come with talk of doom and gloom every once in a while. Probably not this year. They won't be that way, but there's talk of all of this stuff and you're going to hear all these reports. And so the bullies are going to start to tell you about interest rates and the, the world that you're living in. So all this fear is going to try to creep in when it comes to your finances and your resources and what you do with your money. And to be honest with you, as a pastor, so many pastors have just laid down. They've rolled over on this topic. They don't preach on it. They don't talk about it. As a matter of fact, I was even looking at our preaching schedule for the year. Um, and this is the first time we've preached on it this year. And it's not because I shy away from it. I actually lean into it because what a disservice as a pastor. If God has so many promises for his people when it comes to money and resources, why would a pastor shy away from it? But I know the reason they shy away from it is because it makes people tense. They're okay with you talking about everything else, but don't talk about my money. And it gets everybody all uptight and everybody all tense, but it would be a huge disservice if as your pastor, who the scripture says is, is a shepherd of your life, if I shied away from the topic of money because it has so many promises for it. Amen. So I thought about this. Why, why do we get tense about the topic of money? Why do we get tense about what the Bible says about our money and tithes and offerings and generosity? Why do we get tense about that? Well, that's the play of the enemy. Anything that has great strength for the kingdom, the enemy does a great job attacking. Prayer changes things in an unbelievable way. Why is it so hard to pray? Because the enemy doesn't want you praying. Generosity moves God's kingdom forward. When we're obedient, and, and the scripture says, as we'll read here in a minute, the floodgates of heaven open our life when we put God first in our money. Don't you think the enemy would want to attack that? and get pastors to stop talking about it and make people feel uncomfortable about it. And that's why I thought about it like this. You know, I've been a pastor of this church for 10 years, uh, but I've been in full-time ministry since I was 19 and I'm going to be 41 in about four months, which is, yeah, I know I'm picking out a couple nice walkers and <laughs> but in the 10 years of just this church alone, it's very easy for me to say this. Some of the best things about Christianity, some of the highest moments of walking with my brother and sisters in Christianity is seeing how generosity brings out the best in Christians. If you think about the times where maybe God's put somebody on your heart to walk up to and give them, you guys know the old school, the old holy handshake, slip a little 50 to somebody and say, have a good weekend. And, 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 and you bless somebody that way. Or maybe, maybe it's the times where somebody's going through great struggle and the church gets to rally around them and, and give them some meals and some gifts. And we get to see the church be the church and love on people through what amazing acts of generosity. Maybe it's special offering causes or different ways, but I'm just here to say, you know, this to be true, that some of the most amazing messages and testimonies of the body of Christ are attached to generosity. People putting God first and trusting him with their resources. And so I believe generosity not only makes a difference here, but I also believe that generosity is the reason that we can step into eternity with our Savior. Scripture says, for God so loved the world, he, he gave. He opened to us the opportunities to salvation and eternity with him and forgiveness of sins. And it came through the ultimate act of generosity. Giving is a huge part of how the kingdom is made. 
We also see that in Genesis, the scripture says that Adam and Eve were, were given rulership over all the resources. Remember, God said, hey, tend to the animals, take care of this, make sure, you know, do this and do that, all the different things that he was over. And then they said, but whatever you do, don't eat of that tree. And so then the enemy, the bully, began to whisper, well, what's that tree about? Maybe you're, maybe you're lacking something. This fear of lack began to talk. And this, this conversation came in that said, oh, fear of lack, and, and begin to seed into them a thought of disobedience. So how many know for them, they chose satisfaction. Adam and Eve chose satisfaction over obedience. And God has so many different things to say about what we should do with our money. So many different powerful principles and promises and ways that he's called us into acts of obedience. I hope that we're not like Adam and Eve and we're choosing satisfaction over obedience. Because what happened to Adam and Eve, the scripture said, as soon as they chose another path, path outside of the principles of God, they then what? Noticed, they felt the weight of their actual lack. When they were obedient to scripture, they lived in the promise. They lived in paradise. They lived in all, and then when they stepped outside of everything that God designed for them, they said, oh my gosh, look at us. We're naked and we should hide and we're not in control. They felt the weight of actual lack when they were outside of the promises and principles of God. Amen. Yeah. I'm just here to say today, uh, because it's really a disservice for me in one sermon to say, oh, here's everything the Bible says about money. <laughs> it's impossible to do it all in one sermon. So I'm going to kind of give you the appetizer sampler platter of what the Bible says about money. But here's what I want you to walk away with. Here's what I want you to walk away with. God has a plan for your money. And if you follow God's plan for your money, it's a really good plan. It's much better than your own plan. It's much better than a stock market plan or a financial advisor plan. God's plan is the best plan. Amen. I wrote it down this way. I'm glad that in shaky economic times, we can count on secure promises. Oh, what's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that? Hey, all that stuff matters and it's good to pay attention to all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to pay more attention to the fact that I have secure promises in the promises of God when it comes to my finances. Scripture says in Jeremiah 1.12, I'm going to paraphrase a bunch of these and then we're going to read Genesis together. But Jeremiah 1.12 says this way, that God watches over his word to perform it. The secure promise that you have is this, that God is in heaven looking down, waiting for you to take him at his word, believe him at his word, and trust him at his word. And one of the words that we take him on is Luke 6, 38, which says, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over is how God wants to bless you and take care of you. I know you guys all know this example, but the press down would be if you had a bucket and you put stuff in it, and then you pressed it down more. That's not a God of just enough to get by. Hello. <laughs> this is a God who's saying like, hey, I so want to take care of you. My promises are so secure for you that we're going to press it down. We're going to shake it together. We're going to make sure that thing's running over. The scripture actually goes on to say, pour it into your lap is how that blessing is going to come to you. So in a, in the, when the bullies are coming in, they're telling you lack and fear and all these kind of things. He said, no, no, no. I got a promise from God that he's pressing it down, shaking it together and pouring it out to me. And he's watching over his word to perform that. We also see in Matthew 6.33 that when we're people who seek first the kingdom of God, when we put them first in our money, when we say, I'm not making any other decisions, I'm not, I'm not going on trips, I'm not buying on cars, we're not going to new neighborhoods, all of these kind of things that we, we're going to do, we're seeking him 
first. The scripture says when we're people who seek him first and his righteousness, it said a few things then, if you get lucky, will be added unto you. I said all the things that you need. That's some pretty good security in shaky times. That when we seek first and put God first and trust God, doesn't matter when the bullies come in and begin to tell you about lack and famine and the economy and interest rates. You can say, no, no, no. God's promise is that as I've put him first, all the things that I need shall be added unto me. This is pretty good news today. Are you with me? But it doesn't matter how we steward our resources. God does pay attention to what you do with your resources. We see in Matthew chapter 25, so much so that a a parable is instructed to us, knowing that this parable would go out to people all the way into 2,000 years later. You'd be sitting in a room hearing this parable, this message, this lesson of resources. Matthew 25, 14, the parable of the talent says that these three guys were all given different talents, given different gifts. One given five, one given two, another one just given one. And they all made different decisions with it. But one of them took really good care of, trusted God, took really good care of what was given to him. And in Matthew 25, 21, it says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. You sought the kingdom first. You were faithful over a few things. Now I will make you ruler over many things. Do you want to see yourself advanced in your resources? Do you want to see your businesses and your household and your family blessed? Do you want to see rulership over many things? Scripture saying, be somebody who stewards even the little things well. well you, know, it's, you know, I don't have that much to give, so it really doesn't matter that much. Be a faithful steward even over the little things, and God makes you ruler over much. Can I get an amen today? Well, the church, the church always wants to talk about money. Well, it's a good idea to talk about money often because Jesus talked about money often. Scripture tells us that over 500 times, about 500 times, Jesus taught on prayer. We see in Scripture, if you do a study, about 500 times he taught on faith. But over 2,000 times, Jesus taught us about our possessions, the things that we resource over. If Jesus was so serious and intentional about us understanding the importance of our resources, then how much more so should we take it serious? Are you with me today? Don't worry, it's not going to be a long message. It's just going to be a straight shot, okay? No chaser. You're out of here when it's over. but. But people say, Pastor, money is evil. I don't know why churches want to talk about it all the time. Pastor, haven't you ever heard of that, that money is the root of all evil? Actually, 1 Timothy 6.10 says it this way. It's for the love of money. The love of money, it's the root of all evil. For which some have strayed away from the faith in greediness. And so you would never come here and say, well, pastor, you know, uh, I'm someone who's shied away from the faith because, you know, I'm pretty good at greediness. It's really deceptive how we do it. We say, well, you know, pastor, we're in a season where it's really important right now, you know, that we, we got to work some overtime. You know, we really got to grind because, you know, we got to keep Netflix and Disney Plus and we got to make sure we're eating out five times a week and we got to make sure that we... You've shied away from your faith. You've shied away from putting God first in your calendar, in your checkbook, and all of you. You've shied away from your faith because of greediness. No one just steps out and says, hey, by the way, I'm a greedy person. It's just this greediness that creeps in and it pulls you away from your faith. Am I telling the truth today? So it's the people who who fall in love, they begin to chase money. Money itself is not evil. As a matter of fact, money 
is a tool. It's a resource for the kingdom. It's just how it's used that gets us in trouble. Uh, I grew up in church. I've been in church my whole entire life. So I've seen all of the church abuse, uh, the money abuse in church. Hey, if you sow a seed right now of 777, you're going to get this miracle water. And not only is it going to heal your body, it's going to turn your driveway into a street of gold. Everybody's like, I got to buy that. We've seen all the different abuses when it comes to Christianity. What I'm saying is they've used that money, that tool, the, the topic of this in the wrong way. A chainsaw is a great resource. Like chainsaws are really good resources, but it probably wouldn't make much sense for me for me to open my mail with a chainsaw. <laughs> Get that chainsaw. I got some mail here. <laughs> it, it probably wouldn't be the wisest idea to use that tool to clip my fingernails. Kids, get in here. Right? Get those fingernails and toenails over. It's just, that would be improper use of that tool. You don't have people over. Some of the way you guys cook your steaks actually need chainsaws to cut it. <laughs> I like my steaks just like my sins washed in the blood, right? Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's a, good, that's a good way to do those steaks. <laughs> okay. But the tool, it's just, it's not the right place. It's not the right way to use it. You're not using it properly. And so many different people have abused what God says about money and generosity and sowing seeds. But God has a great plan our resource. And we've heard the prosperity gospel be abused. So this, and you get this, and God wants you to have planes and he wants you to have mansions. He wants you to have all this stuff. God wants you taken care of. I'm going to show you here in scripture. You shouldn't be ashamed of being blessed and being prosperous. That's God's plan for his people. Are you with me? But it said, we don't chase after. We aren't people who fall away from our faith and greediness to get these things. Again, paraphrasing just a bunch of these, and then we'll read Genesis together. But Psalm 35, 27 in the Amplified Version says this, Let the Lord be exalted, for he delights in the prosperity of his people. It makes God happy when he sees you walking in his promises and his plans and his resources for your life. Uh, Deuteronomy 18 uh, 8.18 says it this way. It says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce poverty in your life. No, it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. He wants you taken care of. He wants you to be somebody who has all that you need. Uh, Proverbs 10.22 in the ESV says it this way. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord makes one person rich. Now we know that that rich means in our emotional being and all different kinds of beings and our family lives. God makes us rich in a lot of different ways, but it also means in your resources. Oh, you guys aren't here for that today. Okay, that's fine. Maybe second service wants to be blessed, but, but it's something for us that it's like, it's kind of hard for us to get over this thought sometimes. That's why you're stuck on that is, is God's desire is to take care of you. God's desire is to bless you and, and to see you prosperous, but it comes with putting him first, not falling away from our faith in the, in the pursuit of greediness. So I thought about this today. Where's a story where we can see where God takes care of his people 
in uncertain times? Uh, what happens when we are in shaky times, shaky economy, shaky interest rates, inflation? We don't know what's going to happen. We, we can see a story like this in Genesis 26, verse 1. It says this. It says, there was a famine in the land. There was tough times. And then we can jump down in verse 2. It says, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, because God speaks. He speaks to us in famines. He speaks to us speaks to us in shaky times, unstable times, high interest times, times where the bullies come in and tell us you better back down, you better hold back, you better shrink back, things aren't going to be good, okay? It says that God said, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land where Fox News experts tell you to go live. No. He said, you live in the land where I tell you to live. Because in shaky times, in unstable times, you have to get a revelation from God about your situation. You're a business person saying, ah, I'm looking at the forecast of the next three years. You better go get what God says. What's God telling you? Not what everybody else is doing, because everybody else was on the move, and God told him, stay in the famine. He's going like, wait, you said stay in the famine. Everybody else is on the move. They're going to try and find a better place. He says, no, in the shaky time, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stay in the famine. So we got a revelation for this situation. In verse 3, it says, stay in the land for a while. I will be with you. How many weeks in a row we've we been talking about how God's going to be with us? He's going to be with us in our battle. He's going to be, be with us in our rejection. He's going to be with us in our anxiety. He's going to be with us in our famine. He's with us. He's with us. Even in the shaky time, he will be with you and he will bless you. Scripture says he's going to be with you and he's going to bless you. And he was knowledgeable about the famine. He knew they were in a famine. It says, for to you and your descendants, I will give you these lands and confirm the oath that I swore to your father, Abraham. So many people, they see shaky times and they want to jump here and go there. And move to this and stop this and hold back on this and shrink back on that. You say, well, I got to do a little bit of this and I got to pick up over time and I got to stop doing this and I got to, because I want to, and he's saying, be faithful. In the famine, one of the most important things you can do is just be faithful. These times, they come and go, but faithfulness is the way that the Lord gets things done. Are you with me? Verse four, he says, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky I will give them all these lands and through your offspring, one passage says through your seed, all the nations on earth will be blessed because Abraham, here's where it gets to be our key. All the nations on earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required. He didn't, he didn't hope and wish God would bless him and see him through. Scripture says he was faithful and he obeyed and he did all that God called him to, even in shaky times. Are you with me? It says that he was keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. God always works through obedience and seed sown. How are we going to make it through shaky times? The bullies in my brain are trying to tell me, watch out, be fearful. Lack is on the way. Things are going to get tight. Things are going to be thin. You say, okay, you know what I'm going to make sure I do? I'm going to make sure I'm sowing seed and remaining obedient. Yeah. 
I'm going to make sure I'm planting in the house of God. I'm putting God first and I'm walking in obedience. Are you with me today? God can do a lot with these two things, seed and obedience. Verse 12 says this. It says, Isaac planted. One passage says that he sowed crops in the land. And in the same year, he reaped a hundredfold. And it says, because the Lord blessed him. It wasn't because the famine turned around or all of a sudden the land was right. The only way that it happened is because he was obedient and by the hand of God, he was blessed. I don't care what economic times are looking like. I don't care what the next five years may hold or whatever the bullies are trying to tell you in your brain. If you stay faithful and you plant, it will be God who brings the blessing. You don't have to get the stock market right. You don't have to get your investment right. You don't have to do all these kind of things. It'd be by the hand of God that he can bless you. Are you with me today? It says that the man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. Who did that? God did that. Because what's God's desire? God's desire is to take you and make you wealthy. We have a hard time with that. We have a hard time hearing that, but it's all throughout scripture, the hand of God on his people's life. When they're sowing and they're obedient, God blesses them. I just want to say to some of you today, you've been praying your whole life, get by prayers. God, if you'll just get me through this, God's like, just get me through this. Do you know what I'm capable of? Do you want to know what I can do in a famine? Do you want to know what I can do in a shaky economic time? I can bless you so much that not only do, are you wealthy, but the scripture said he's very wealthy. Even in the time of a famine, he sowed in tough times. So I'm just here to tell you, here's what we do. We plant and we sow even when it's stressful. Oh, it's a famine season. Oh, this economic season. Oh boy, I t- the transmission went out. These different things went out. Things are getting tight. You know what we do? We sow when it's stressful because we trust God in the famine. Well, I didn't feel like it. I wasn't excited about it. I wasn't in the mood to sow that seed of generosity and give that gift to that person. That, that. We give it anyway. We sow the seed and we trust God. Are you with me today? I thought about it like this. The message of Genesis and the reason that I picked this for us today is because in times like these, shaky times like these, potentially famine times like these, it's good to know that there's always been times like these. We can go all the way back to Genesis and go, wow, look at this. Here was a famine season. Here was a shaky season. Here was an unstable season. But the God of Jacob, Isaac, Abraham is the God who's also watching over me today. It's the same God who takes care of them is the same God who's taking care of me. The story teaches us that it wasn't the land that was his source. It wasn't the economy that was his source. It wasn't even his surrounding. It wasn't interest rates. God was his source when he was obedient. Are you with me today? It takes patience though. Sowing the seed isn't a quick thing. It said he sowed, but then it was what? It was in time. He reaped a harvest. That's why scripture says in Hebrews 6, 12, that it's by faith and patience, we inherit the promise. These times, these times where things, oh, here comes the enemy. And he's telling you, oh, lack, fear of lack. You better hold back. You better keep it to yourself. You better, no, no, I'm going to remain faithful. And then the enemy comes in and goes, well, nothing happened. Look at that. Nothing happened. No, no, I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to be patient. We hate this. The number one word used with faith in scripture, the number one combined word with faith in scripture is actually patience. 
Faith and patience, faith and patience. I wish those two things didn't go together. Can I get an amen? (laughs) My question to you is this. Does your faith move mountains or do your mountains move your faith? And when it comes to this idea of sowing and reaping, there is just times where we got to just put that seed in the ground. We got to just use this faith to say, okay, this mountain that's trying to present itself in my resources, in my finances, this famine, I'm not going to let it move my faith. Imagine that Isaac's over here going like, well, just hold on a second. Don't you see that this is dead ground? You're asking me to do this in a dead end, in a dead ground. He says, no, I'm going to trust God. I know my God, who's my provider, who takes care of all my needs. Are you with me? That's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. That's why Mark chapter 10, verse 27 says it this way. But Jesus looked at them and said, with men, it's impossible. With the economics of Fox News report and Wall Street and all the different things, all the money market people, with them it's impossible. But even sowing in a famine, making that business decision, trusting God, even in shaky times like this, but with God, all things are possible. Can I get amen today? Two more passages for you. Third John 2.1 says this, I pray that you may prosper in all things. God wants us prospering but it's always attached to your spiritual growth, kingdom growth. My prayer is that you prosper in all things, but then this, but also I want you to be healthy as your soul prospers. God wants to put this on you as you're growing in him, as you're growing in his kingdom things. Are you with me? So our prayer is this, hey God, you've entrusted me to all these resources and I'm going to sow and I'm going to believe that you're going to advance me and you're going to bless me and you're going to prosper me. But I want to do all this in a way that you're growing me in you. I want to see the kingdom grow in my church and my community. Are you with me? And then lastly, Jesus' exact words about when it comes to generosity. In Acts 20, verse 35, we get this reminder of what Jesus says. It says, in everything I did, I showed to you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than receive. How do we overcome the bullies in our head? It's when we become a people who give. Because it's better to be people who give than people who hold on and shrink back and just look to receive. Are you with me today? Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for this word on resources and money. And God, it moves us all in different ways as we have different backgrounds and different stories. But God, I pray that we take your truth and we say, God, no matter what it looks like, it can be shaky, it can be uncertain, but we trust you. Lord, in the famine places of maybe our businesses or of our lives or um, things that we're walking into in our future, God, we want to hear your voice. We want to hear you speak to us. Give us revelation for our situation. Help us to walk obediently. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.